0: Good afternoon. My name is Cesar Arango, and praise God for another day. And um, just something, something about me to get started. Um, I came from a dysfunctional home, and um, when I was young, I was in a dark place and really not caring about nobody but myself. And many things happened in my life that put me in a certain hole and in a dark place. And I remember once this, this person used to really um, tell me about Jesus, tell me about his grace, tell me he was always persisting with me that, that God can forgive me. And praise God that he's persistent. He's persistent. I remember one time when uh, we were all together, there's a certain group came into this hole. And uh, he started sharing, sharing, and sharing about his own life and about his own destruction, how he was. And all of a sudden, he was talking about me. Amazing how God works. Amazing what he can do. And all of a sudden, he just said, if, if you're a man, you can come forward. We'll talk about it. We'll talk about this Jesus. And if you're a man and if you want to change, if you need a change and you know that this dark place is not good for you, come forward. And I remember that something pulled me like a magnet to the front. And as I remember, I I took my bandana off. I'm not going to say the color is unimportant. And I took this ring off, this earring that had a cross. I believed that that cross was going to do something to me and it didn't happen. All of a sudden this man he just shared with me that I wanted a change and I said yes. And all of a sudden he just started talking about me and I just repeated some scriptures from the word of God, straight from the word of God and um, once I quoted these two scriptures something ministered to me and then all of a sudden I spoke, and I said, God, forgive me. And all of a sudden, something happened to me. It overwhelmed me. Something left. And something good came in. And I thank God for Impact Christian Church, and for what's going on here, and praise God that we teach the Word of God. So I'm going to start off with um, with what Brother Adam was talking about two weeks ago. And, uh, and, God's, and God's blueprint is grounded in proclaiming the word of God. We need to proclaim the word of God. Wherever we go, whatever we do, we need to do that because it's a must situation. The word of God will set anybody free. And number two is coordinate godly leadership. We need godly leadership in all churches, not only in great impact. And the last one is dissolved, false teachings. There are 66 million false teachings, and we need to understand that that is not of God. The God that I serve, He's got the Father, got the Son, got the Holy Spirit, and He inspires us when we read the Word of God. God's blueprint includes instructions uh, on chapter 2. And uh, Brother Frank kindly... Put us, you know, in a good place when it comes to a healthy church includes areas of all ages older men, younger men, younger, younger employees. And literally, in reality, that's the truth about it. And one thing I want to pinpoint that uh, when it talks about older men, they were not, they were not old in age, they were just mature in Christ Jesus. That's why, that's why the, the Word of God calls them, in reality, old or older. I just want to give a quick thing about it because it is important. It is vital to us. And one thing I'm going to give to you is our own good works don't save us. Remember, nothing can save us. It is God's mercy that saves us. God's Spirit gives us... Spiritually washing, can you imagine that? Spiritually washing, the Holy Spirit is what he's washing us and he blesses us in a brand new life. In John three, Jesus calls it born again. You must be born again to to feel this beautiful this embrace of God's mercy. It is literally important. And another one, he says, we are justified by God's grace. We have become His sons and daughters, and we have hope. Or what we can say, strong conference of eternal life. Remember, we are justified by grace. We become, I'm a son of the living God. Can you imagine such, such thing that has happened to all of us, not only to me? I just get excited by it because it is an honor to share the word with everybody. I'm going to start reading on verse 3. Uh, Titles 1, 2, and 3. Remind the people to be subject to rulers and authorities, to be obedient, to be ready to do whatever is good. We as believers, we need to do what is good all the time in, in, out of lunch or wherever we go or whatever we do. We need to do what is good so people can see the difference that we are saved and we have morals and stand, and stand view of the Holy Spirit. To slander to no one, Uh, I'm I'm in verse 2. To slander to no one, to be peaceful and considerate, and always to be gentle towards everyone. Everyone deserves salvation. But if we're not acting right, how can we give the word to somebody else? In reality, it doesn't work. We have to be humble, and we need to be peaceful and considerate, remember. Verse 3, Titus 3, it says, At one time we too were foolish, disobedient, deceived, and enslaved by all kinds of passions, by all kinds of passions, but rather ourselves is not, um, again, I'm just going to... uh, I'm just going to rephrase, especially dealing with unbelievers. The use of this phrase here refers to mankind in, in generally those who cross our paths. Rather than every person who lives, supports the fact that it has the same meaning. It has the same meaning. We should not even speak bad about our enemy. We don't know their hearts. Only God knows it. We are not to create trouble or for ourselves or for anyone we are to be peacemakers the, meek, the meekness above is really as, as speaking of being humble the world, man the word man tends to talk about others thinking it will make him look better but Christians should do the opposite and build each other up. this is a commandment that God gives us is to build each other up, especially the non-believers they don't have what we have which is really what is called grace they don't have grace they have many things in their way, but not grace. Verse number three, his word says, At one time we were, we were too foolish, disobedient, deceived, enslaved by all kinds of passion and pleasures. We live in a malice and envy, being hated and hating one another. Ourselves. This is what we were before. Every born again believer should not be following this path anymore because it is a commandment that we need to do what we can because we live in an ungodly, immoral world or wherever we go. And that is literally a fact. This is a perfect description of all of us before we came to Jesus. This is the way of the world or the way of the flesh or selfish, unsafe people do all things about because they're not, they're listening to their own lust or to their own mind. Until we receive the pattern of the perfect love of Jesus, we do not know how really to love. You may say that you love somebody. No, you don't. Until you meet the master, the master of mercy and grace, he can make it all work together. Mark 12, verse 30 and 31, his word says, Love the Lord your God with all of your heart and with all of your soul and and with all of your mind and with all of your strength. The second is this. Love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than this. Love your enemy as yourself. Hate is of the world, love is of God. So we need to put that in conjunction with the way that we live each day, each minute. We are accountable to every people that we meet. I'm going to repeat that one more time as I keep going through all these verses. Hate is of the world, love is of God. Titus 3, I'm going to read Titus 3 and 4. But when the kindness and the love of God our Savior appeared, He saved us, not because of righteousness, things we have done, but because of His mercy. He saved us through the washing of a rebirth and renewal of the Holy Spirit. While we were yet in sin, Christ gave Himself for us. Can you imagine? We know the scripture, for God so loved the world, that He gave His only begotten Son. But First Timothy 4, verse 10, his word says, This is why we labor and strive, because we have put our hope in the living God, who is the Savior of all people, especially of those who believe. Remember, he's the Savior of all people. But all, all men are not saved in their actions, in their deeds, in the way that they talk. But especially for those who believe. I like the word, especially. We, you are special in the, in the eyes of God, because God says so. God says so, that settles it, and I believe it. The kindness and love of God our Savior toward man is caught up in one word, grace, a merit favor, a merit favor from God. Ephesians 2, verse 4 and 5, his word says, But because of the great love, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ, even when we were dead in transgression, it is by grace you have been saved by grace, you are saved by grace, we receive salvation, and grace is something that you need to embrace, understand it, and fall in love with it because it will put you in a tough position with 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 man and especially with the God that we serve. I just read about I just read uh, Verse 5 is talking about because of righteousness, things we have done. Ephesians 2, verse 8 and 9, not by works, his word says, not of works of righteousness. Salvation has, been, salvation has never been deeds of works, Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. By grace you have been saved through faith, it is not of ourselves. it is the gift of God. The gift of God is another translation for mercy. According to his mercy. I'm just going to give you the scriptures, and you just ponder into the Word of God as you go home, so God can minister to you as well. Ephesians 2, verse 4. First Timothy 1, verse 1, verse 13. 1 Peter 1, verse 3. 1 Peter 2, verse 10. Washing up generation. 1 Peter 1, verse 13. Verse 23. Salvation. Salvation brings divine cleansing from sin and a new and a new gift, or the gift of a new, uh, of a new way of life, or a spirit, or self in the spirit of God. The spirit protects us as life God's own children. I'm going to say it one more time. The spirit protected life as God our own children, and we are heirs. This is the new birth. First John, verse 2, verse 29. Regeneration, I'm going to break it down, <coughs> refers as the work of the Holy Spirit in salvation. When we experience that, it produces a new life in a believer. The world is looking at new life in different places, in different worlds, and it's not happening. It is only through God's Spirit when we confess Him as Lord and Savior. That's when He empowers us and gives us a new birth. Regeneration is the work of God through the Holy Spirit, again, of placing one, and placing in one who has faith of a new nature, capable of doing God's will. The old nature will not do anything but crave for the lust of the flesh, period. But we as again believers, we are embracing, I'm going to keep using embracing, we need to embrace this new life. Because it's amazing how God can do the work, if we only do what we can to read God's word, meditate His God's word, and activate, to activate God's word is to put it into practice in your own life. Renewing of the Holy Spirit, Romans eight two, He is the agent. She is the agent of washing to generate a better life for us in Christ Jesus. Regeneration is the work of God through the Holy Spirit. His instrument is the Bible, which is like a hammer. Again, his instrument is like is 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 the Bible, which is like to a hammer that judges sin. And that is Hebrews four. I mean excuse me, that's Jeremiah twenty three, verse twenty nine. Imagine a hammer. What can you do for a hammer? A hammer works in different ways. You can grab it right, and and, and you can do many things with it. But the hammer could sometimes hit you on the head so you can wake up and do what we can for his kingdom. So, which is like to a hammer that judges sin. A mirror that reveals sin. Psalms 119 verse 105. A sword that defeats Satan, which is the word of God. And I'm going to quote it. For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than a two-edged sword, piercing to the divine and joint and narrow. That means that we can use the word of God correctly in problems and situations, especially if we're witnessing to a non-believer. And the last one is, and, and, and it's a lamp that guides the believer. James 1, verse 29. And I'm going to hit the sword that defeats Satan. All the Word of God defeats Satan. Just remember what happened in Matthew 4 when the enemy comes to the Lord and the the Lord Jesus used the Word of God. He said, it is written." written. And if it is written, it is your responsibility to get into the Word of God and understand it for all issues of life. I have had my problems in the past, and I just say, God, give me the right scripture so I can do what I can for your kingdom. But remember, it is the Word of God who defeats Satan, and the Word of God is living in us and will stay in us. People are constantly, uh, people are mourning again immediately the moment they trust our Savior, 1 Peter 1.23. Being born again, the moment they trust Christ as Savior. Christians should be careful to cooperate with God in growing as children of God after they regenerate or are given a new life. Revelation 7, verse 13 and 14. Another type of washing that could mean is the washing of regeneration. I'm going to read it one more time. Another type of washing that this could mean Is the washing of regeneration mentioned in the following scripture. Ephesians 5, verse 26. To make her holy, cleansing, by the washing with water through the word. So it is always through the word that he cleanses us. It is speaking God's word, believing God's word, activating God's word. That's what cleanses us and will keep on cleansing us because it is important that we get cleansed every, every single day. By doing what we can, again, to do what is right, it doesn't take a lot. But we need God's mercy so we can get a hold of what God wants to do through us. Verse Titus, I'm going to read verse Titus 3, verse 6, and 7. Whom he poured out his generously through Jesus Christ our Savior verse 7 so that, so that having been justified by his grace we might become heirs having the hope of eternal life again the hope of eternal life we have it we just need to understand it and believe it abundantly when believers are saved Christ's spirit blesses us or them beyond measure this is something that I need to inject into you generously he poured out through Jesus Christ, our Savior, abundantly. When believers are saved, Christ's Spirit blesses them beyond measure. Titus 3, verse 7, justification justified by grace, we become heirs. Justified. The truth of salvation is, is justification by faith alone. I'm going to give you the scripture, Romans 3, verse 21. And heirs. We, you are an heir and you are adopted as children of God through faith in Jesus Christ. Believers become heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ. Can you imagine being heir to the kingdom of God? The kingdom of God that has no beginning and no ending. That's amazing. And we need to, again, embrace that because it is important that we understand how God works. I'm just going to read it uh, Heirs As adopted children of God through faith in Jesus Believers become heirs of God And fellow heirs with Christ Because he sheds his grace on us We are justified Just as we have never sinned Imagine that! how God's mercy goes beyond Beyond our hearts Beyond hell Beyond, beyond anything And it says here that If we have never sinned That's pretty awesome so I encourage you to accept him as Lord and Savior if you're not being saved. If you have been a bachelor or come to the Lord again, it is vital for you to do such a thing because it is good for us. All who are justified by Jesus will inherit life eternal to become sons of God. First John chapter three, verse one. Remember, I'm just giving you these verses so you can die get into the Word of God and understand how the Holy Spirit works through His Word Titus 3, 8, and 9 this is a verse He's saying and I want you to stress this thing so that those who have trusted in God may be careful to devote themselves to doing what is good again, doing what is good these things are excellent and profitable for everyone these things are excellent and profitable for everyone faithful saying this is just simply saying we must walk in salvation we have received of God Paul is telling Titus to keep reminding his people to be working until Jesus comes he will come again his second coming is at hand and we need to be ready we need to be on fire in the spirit so we can meet him in the air according to 1 Thessalonians 4 verse 16 and 17 and his word says this is not only probable to God but to man as well Titus three nine, his word says to avoid foolish controversies, and genealogies, and arguments, and quarrels about the law, because they are they are improbable and useless. The law does not save you. The law does not do nothing to you, but God's grace can save you. And all we gotta do is admit, confess, believe, and God will accept you just as you are. Another one says foolish questions. Proclaiming the truth, not arguing, is a biblical way to evangelize. There are many, there are 66 religions in this world proclaiming that they have the truth. But that is literally ignorance because they don't understand or they don't believe the Word of God. The Word of God says Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. The second person of the Godhead came in so we can have salvation and again, so we can receive grace as we live in this life. I'm going to say it one more time. But avoid foolish controversies and genealogies and arguments and quarrels about the law. Because these are unprofitable and useless. Foolish questions. Proclaiming the truth, not arguing in any single way. And it's a biblical way to evangelize. We don't argue with, with other religions. We just tell them what God has done for us. We tell them that they need salvation and let God do the rest. Ephesians, I mean, excuse me, Titus 3, verse 10 and 11. His word says, warn a devised person once and then warn them a second time. After that, having nothing to do with them. That's kind of a harsh word, but this is what the word of God says, so we must do as he says, and let God handle the rest. Reject. Anyone in the church who is unsubmissive, self-will, and decisive, and having a double mind should should be expelled. The word heresy literally means choosing one's own idea, but now refers to that which is untrue. And the word heretic is someone who does not accept the teaching of the truth, which is the word of God, and decides to make up his own doctrine. In the eighteen hundreds, nineteen hundreds, there have many people have come saying that they have the truth. If Jesus Christ is not with them they don't don't have the truth. Because the truth is Jesus Christ. Amen? Praise God. A heretic is someone who doesn't accept the teaching of the truth and decides to make up his own doctrine. Admonition, it means rebuke or warning. This means then if you have have warned him more than once, then reject him. Verse 11 says being condemned. I'm going to read it again. You may be sure that such people are warped and sinful. They are self-condemned being condemned by their own ungodly behavior. A fictitious believer brings judgment on himself. Verses 12 and 14, Paul gives Titus special instructions. So think about it. Think what's going on. Think how we can do better. And by staying obedient, I believe God can do the work. But we need to be working for the Lord. We need to activate and doing what we can for Him because it is important that we stay busy. Being busy means coming to church. Being busy is being prayerful. Being busy staying in the Word of God and telling others about Jesus Christ. Remember, you are a miracle. You're a powerful miracle. And you cannot put the miracle... On a table, you have to raise it up. I mean, on a chair, excuse me. You need to put it on a table so they can see that you are a miracle. And if you are a miracle, you will do what you can to reach others for the kingdom of God. So being condemned by his own ungodly behavior, a fictitious believer brings judgment on himself. It is important. And on verses uh, 12 and 13, Paul is just giving instructions to Titus, about Nicolopoulos, about Artemius, these three brothers, I'm not going to get into it too much, these three brothers were, were in reality with Paul, in, and praise God that they were like, like family, more than family, being together and understanding each other, which is literally what we are. We, you are my family. If you have been born again by God, we are family. All those that come to uh, Impact Christian Church, we are family. Different, different attributes, I guess. Or, no, I mean, the, wrong, the right word is different people. And yet, we still have the same God. And that is a, a powerful thing, that you are my family. Again, if you have been born by God, you are my family and praise God for all that has happened to us for a purpose. God has a purpose for our life always. I'm going to read you the uh, again Titus three verse fourteen. Our people must learn to devote themselves to doing what is good in order to provide for urgent for urgent needs to live. Unproductive lives. I'm going to say it one more time. Titus 3, verse 14. Our people must learn to devote themselves to doing what is good. We know what is good. In order to provide for argument needs and not not live unproductive lives. Good works. Again, the emphasis is on good deeds as a platform for witnessing effectively. We need to get better in how to witness to others. Again, you have been born again. You have to make a decision and do what you can to reach others for the kingdom of God. The main reason a person should give besides the necessity is that it will do, it will do for their own feelings, knowing they have been of help in ministry. The church is open. The church understands that everybody has different issues and problems, but let God deal with them the soul note I'm going to read to the soul note verses um, three I mean excuse me Uh, chapter three verse nine to eleven in his warning about false teachers Paul told Titus to reject decisive people and to avoid foolish disputes that have nothing to do with salvation we cannot argue with a person about salvation that is literally something that Christ does the work as long as we are submissive to him. Paul warned Titus again getting involved in quarrels over petty issues. And when such debates arose or when such debates arose, Titus was was to rebuke the false teacher for their decisiveness. We need to rebuke the people when they are wrong or have another belief or religious. Born again believers are not religious. We have an intimacy with God through our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And praise God. I pray that this message has been a blessing to you. And I'm going to end what I'm talking about. it, It is important. This is a typical salutation from Paul, verses 13, 14, and 15. He includes all who are with him. Paul knows and feels the love of the people in the churches he has so much to do with. He knows their love from the fact that they help him out. He had brought them the message of Jesus Christ of salvation. Again, Jesus Christ is the hope for all mankind. I want to thank you and praise you and bow your heads. Heavenly Father, we come before you in Jesus' name. Thank you for your mercy, Lord God. Help us to understand your mercy. Help us to embrace you, Lord God, as we walk each day, each minute, each second, so we can give you, so we can give you glory and honor, and we will say that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the, to the glory of God the Father. All this we pray, and the people of God said, Amen. God bless you.